The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, X-Zone at XZoneRadioTV.com, on all social media sites, TV, And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, All you need to do is go to www.xzbn.net. As you know, Exxon Nation, this week uh, we've dedicated a couple of hours each show to the horrific mass murder in Florida at that school where 17 people were victimized by a senseless killing. And it's becoming more and more apparent that the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, dropped the ball because they had been given calls you know, in the month of January. But as we know from past experiences, explanation, this is not an isolated incident where somebody has gone into a school and needlessly killed innocent children in a place where they should be safe, where they should be sound, where a parent does not need to worry about the safety of their child, and that is in the school. And I'll tell you something, the brave teachers of all the schools where these uh, shootings have happened, as well as their survivors and their parents, God bless each and every one of them. What I've done this hour, Exxon Nation, I've asked a good friend of the Exxon to come and join us. His name is Dr. David Gruder. He is a cultural psychologist who, uh, radio and TV interview reports, named America's integrity expert going back a couple of years, in addition to winning a number of book awards. He has received a leadership uh, award and a culture creation award. And uh, Dr. Uh, Gruder is known as the integrity expert, America's integrity expert. And I will even go one step further, and I will say the world's integrity expert. Joining me now is my good friend, Dr. David Gruder. And David, welcome back to the Exxon. Thanks, Rob. And it's a pleasure always to be with you. My good friend, when you hear about the events that that are all over the news these days with what happened last week, one week ago, yesterday, Valentine's Day, where we had Nicholas Cruz walk into a school with an AK-47, multiple clips, uh, smoke grenades. He was wearing a a smoke uh, gas mask. And he viciously murdered 17 children, 17 people, I should say, because there were a couple of adults in there, as well as injuring 14 people. What does that tell you as a, as a psychologist? What does that tell you as a human? What does that tell you as a parent? Mm. Well, the, the only starting place, and we'll mm-hmm. go from there, okay. is it breaks my heart. And it, I, I hope it breaks everyone's heart Broke that mine. this kind of senseless killing mm-hmm. can go on, and especially can go on in... Well, in any setting, really, but particularly in a setting that is supposed to be a safe setting, that being a school, for kids to feel safe enough to learn. So it's, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking first and foremost, and then we can unpack the rest of it from there. Uh, David, um, as, as a cultural psychologist, how does this make sense to you in what we're seeing, not only last week in the school shooting, but the amount of violence that's on an increase around the world. Mm -hmm. Well, 
you see, I, I've got a, a different perspective that that won't surprise you, given our prior conversations. But I have a different perspective about the these kinds of questions, because the way that I see this, I connect dots between the school killings and senseless killings around the world. And with uh, be the dots between those and the Me Too movement and the political polarization that we are embroiled in today as well, I see common threads. I see dots connecting all of those phenomena that I don't think are being talked about. How would what we see happening last week at that school in Florida, what's the, what's the thread between that and, and the Me Too movement? The thread is that I believe we're reaching a cultural breaking point, and not just in the U.S. or in North America. I, I agree with you. I see this going on internationally in many countries around the world. And the breaking point is a breaking point around, uh, around citizens basically saying we can't let ourselves stay silent about unacceptable things anymore. Uh, we've we've bitten our tongues for too long, uh, too many of us, and and it stops now. Now the problem with that, of course, is that when people reach that kind of breaking point, they are usually so angry that they take really rigid and not very well thought out positions about what the solutions are. So. The solutions question is another question, but in terms of a cultural dynamic, Rob, I think that all of these things, the, the disenchantment, massive disenchantment with, uh, in disenchantment with political polarization, with violence, and with, uh, with the um, abuse of women, is, uh, is we've reached a point culturally where people are saying, that's it. I'm not staying silent anymore. I'm mm. angry as hell, and I'm not going to stay uh, be silenced again. It reminds me of that movie that was on a number of years ago. Uh, I believe it was called Network, where mm. this frustrated um, news, re news anchor was going to be retiring, and he just had it with the bull in the, in the news world, and he basically got everybody just to yell out their window. I'm, you know, I... Something very similar to what you said. Yeah. That, that's what triggered the uh, the uh, the recall. But David, are we seeing a a growth spurt in society? I think we're seeing the um, the preliminaries before the growth the growth spurt gets to happen. Just before there's a huge growth spurt, historically there tends to be a period of turmoil before the growth spurt where there's increasing polarization and there is a screaming between the people who are trying to desperately to maintain the, the status quo, whatever, you know, in that period in history, whatever mm -hmm. used to be the norm, and the people who are screaming about how we have to go past that norm because it's outlived its usefulness. So I think we're just getting at that breaking point where we finally break through into that uh, next evolution that you're, you're inferring or implying, rather. David, maybe you can help me understand. I'm an ex-cop. I used to carry a gun. I, and, and I don't understand people who have a fascination with wanting to carry a gun if they don't have to. Because with carrying a gun comes a lot of responsibility, especially as a police officer. And when I see these people on TV who are gun-crazed, how do you as a psychologist, can you try and help me understand? I can try. In a country like the United States, where there is something that's embedded in the very origins of our country around not wanting to have a standing military, but only a military mm -hmm. that's mobilized in times of national need. There was a, a consensus that individual citizens should be free to own guns. And uh, so that's what led to the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which was about the right to bear arms. Right. And I think that whole mindset that led to that 
that particular amendment has gotten very distorted and forgotten, more, more importantly, forgotten over time. Mm-hmm. So what we've got is people who are basically saying that they don't trust the law enforcement agencies in this country to protect their safety. And therefore, they have to be free to function like vigilantes and take the law into their own hands. And of course, that's a sign of a society that's on the verge of, of, of going into chaos and, uh, and anarchy. And it, I, I understand that. Up here in Canada, we have gun control. And when I look at what has happened in the United States last weekend, last weekend and then countless other school shootings and uh, the amount of criminality involving guns, I, I, I kind of look up here and say, I thank God we've got gun control. Like, we don't want to walk around with guns, long rifles or whatever. And, yes, you know, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling. Exactly, Rob. And, and we can say the same thing for, just as another example, a country like Australia yes. that saw massive, uh, almost the complete disappearance of gun violence after they enacted their yep. gun control laws. Now, what the counterpoint, what the people who, are, uh, who don't buy that argument... All right, why don't we do this, say, David? We've got to take a break, and when we come uh, back, sure. we'll come back with a counterpoint. David, uh, what website can listeners uh, find more about you at? <laughs> well, when my websites are up and running again, they can find me at thenewiq.com. But for in the meantime, hijackingofhappiness.com is online. What is that again, David? Okay, hijackingofhappiness.com. Hijackingofhappiness.com. All right, Dr. David Gruder and I will return on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiak's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of the Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest and armed with over 40 years experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Wilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk.
Welcome back, everyone. Dr. David Gruder is my special guest this hour. His website is hijackingofhappiness.com. It is .com, isn't it, David? Yes, it is. Okay, great. Uh, Dr. Gruder is known worldwide as the integrity expert. He is a cultural uh, psychologist, an award-winning psychologist with uh, awards not only with radio, TV interviews, but as an author. Once again, happy hijacking of happiness. Com. David, before we went to the break, we were talking about the pros and cons. And you mentioned Australia. Look what happened there when, as soon as gun control came in, you know, things fell to an all-time low, and they've remained at that low. Here in Canada, we have gun registration, and knock wood, so far we haven't had any uh, mass event where weapons, uh, handguns, or rifles and shotguns have been used, as well as military weapons. Um, you said there was a counterpoint to all of this. Yes, the counterpoint, the counterargument that's that I've heard used is when you when you eliminate gun violence or mm -hmm. substantially reduce it, what happens is that violence in other forms increases because what you can't legislate is the elimination of the tendency to be violent. Wow. Once, once again, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to equate that to what we see here in Canada. We have high, uh, you know, we have unemployment, we have hunger, we have homelessness and, and everything else every other country is, is facing in these very hard economic times. Yes. And yet, what does Canada have that the United States doesn't have? Uh, I, can, I can reduce it to a single word. Please. Civility. Ah. There is a, a, a culture of civility in Canada that used to exist when I was a child in mm -hmm. the United States, back in the 50s and in the 60s. Um, it started to disappear in the 60s, and it's almost completely gone in many circles, not completely in, in all circles, but in many circles in the States, that's completely gone, and it's been gone for a while. Civility reigns in Canada. Well, you know, I, I thank you for that on behalf of all the Canadians uh, up here, as well as those listening around the world. Um, well, I was I had the opportunity of talking to somebody who was in Australia earlier today, and we were talking about what was going on in the United States. And he said, "Rob, have you have you made the connection yourself on why Canada, the United States, and and uh, you know Britain?" do not have the gun violence that we see in the United States. And it just dawned on me. We were, we were all part of the same culture at one time, including the United States was part, you know, when uh, part of, of England, the settlements in England until, you know, they broke away from the colonies and so on. Is, mm -hmm. is that where the pivotal point came in, in the quest for... Uh, owning firearms was when the United States went on its own and they saw the possibility of Britain or any other country trying to come in and take control over them again, that the Second Amendment was put into place? Well, I imagine that there was some fear around external invasion um, from other countries. I think the larger fear was that what the United States was rebelling against in revolting against England mm -hmm. could be repeated here in the States. Uh, in other words, the um, taxation without representation oh, and the, uh, the kind of um, uh, aristocratic tyranny that, uh, that um, was not in service to the, uh, to the population and to the masses. And uh, what the United States was trying to envision was a much more egalitarian kind of society and a society that, and this is the really audacious part, uh, what I'm about to say, a society that actually functioned at the intersection of these two tensions that exist in us between the, the desire, the, 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 the objective of personal freedom and the mandate of attending to the common good. And very often personal freedom and what serves personal freedom and what serves the common good appear 
and I under, want to underline the word appear, appear to be in conflict with each other. Mm. And so the United States was this audacious experiment in a government being a citizen to it, a servant to its citizens, not, not to itself, like the monarchy, and not to special interests, and to govern at the intersection of preserving individual freedom and promoting the common good. That's an out, a really audacious vision, and it was not in alignment with the way that England was governed at that time. When we look back in time and we look at the the signing of the Second Amendment and, and the other rights that, that form part of democracy and freedom. I don't believe that the founding fathers or the signatories ever imagined that the Second Amendment would, would apply to weapons of mass destruction such as these, these automatic weapons that are being used in the, in the school cases as well as another crimes that are being committed. I don't think, you know, we're looking at a time where the only weapon that they really had was the muzzle loader. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right, Rob. Not only didn't they envision this, they couldn't have. How could you be sitting around uh, in the um, 1780s when the Constitution was ratified in 1782 and foresee mm -hmm. the development of automatic weapons or uh, other kinds of mass destruction devices, right. uh, massive bombs, things like that. How could you envision that at that time? You just couldn't. No. You, you just couldn't. And so for us to remain in this, uh, in this state saying we're going to we're going to adhere to the letter mm -hmm. of the law that was created back then without the benefit of foresight, rather than adhering to the spirit of the law and, re and rewriting the letter of the law to be in alignment with what has developed in society and in arms and in uh, all kinds of other aspects of how we function since then is a totally insane perspective. Now, that's going to Bob, get me in trouble with constitutional literalists oh, wow. because we're also polarized in the United States between the constitutional scholars who want to interpret the Constitution mm -hmm. literally in the way that it, it, uh, it, it was originally constructed versus the uh, constitutional, and I hate to use this word because it's got a political overtone, but it's a different meaning in the terms of the Constitution, constitutional progressives who are basically saying this is a document whose implementation has to live and breathe and evolve as society changes. And we've got this polarization between those two thought processes about the Constitution on the U U.S. Supreme Court, even. That's right. Um, yesterday at a town hall meeting, there were members of the government. Uh, you know, Senator Rubio was there and another senator, congressman, the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Israel from Broward County, who, in my opinion, has been doing a fascinating job. And, uh, you know, he certainly has been at the helm of one heck of a mess and he's been doing great. And yeah. then you also had a representative of the NRA. Yes. And it was like... My goodness, guys, can't you just get it get together? And then President Trump had a, um, I, I guess you could call it a sit-down meeting with members of the families who had lost children yesterday at the White House and, and other representatives of the educational field, including the, the Secretary of Education. And I, I found that, in my opinion... What he tried to do was bring the country back together. Now, this is just my opinion. This is how I was seeing it as an outsider. Here you've got a mm -hmm. president who, was, who had victims there, who had grieving parents there, and he was asking them, what would you recommend? He's saying, all right, I, I'm the president. I'm here. I'm listening. My heart bleeds. I'm a father. I share your grief. What can we do as a mm -hmm. collective to make this better? Some yes. parents vented, other educators came with good, good, good ideas. And yet, today in the press, he, he was criticized up one side and down the other side. And I'm trying to figure out what people want from their president. Ah, well, you know, we've, we've now had 
two presidents, one following the other. And a little, it, the, what I'm about to describe did start with, um, in our society with mm-hmm. George W. Bush, but it really has escalated to a whole new level with, uh, with Obama and now with Trump, where the, uh, the, the mindset has been anything that comes out of this person's mouth, we're going to disagree with vehemently right. and we're going to find ways to make them completely wrong no matter what they do. And we've seen that now with a Democratic president and we're seeing it now with a Republican president and the whole cultural dynamic that seeks to do that, that seeks to, to paint somebody mm-hmm. as always wrong and inherently evil is in itself evil. Let me ask you this question and then we have to go for our news break at the bottom of the hour. Do you believe, as a psychologist, that there will ever be unity and harmony in getting these matters solved? Mm, Yes, I do. I believe there will come a time when that happens. All right, my good friend, you and I will return on the other side of this break. And when we come back, um, right after the break, we're going to be listening to the students of the Drama Club of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida, where 17 um, students and staff were gunned down last Wednesday, February the 14th, in a song that they wrote entitled Shine. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Dr. David Gruder is my very special guest, and his website is hijackingofhappiness.com. We'll both be back after this break. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. And welcome back, Exxon Nation. That was the students of the drama club of the school where that massive shooting took place last Wednesday, Valentine's Day, at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, killing 17 and wounding, I believe, up to 14 others. Dr. David Gruder is our special guest of this hour. He is a cultural psychologist. His website is www hijackingofhappiness.com. David, those kids, they have more strength than, I, I don't understand it. You know, they've gone through this tragedy. They've gone through this psychological nightmare. And here they are showing the world how it can be done, how it can be fixed, what we as the rest of the world should do. Do you think we're going to follow their example? <laughs> they, the song brings tears to me. Yeah. And do I think we're going to follow their example? Yes, ultimately we will follow their example. Are we going to do that anytime soon? I'm still waiting for the tipping point. Mm -hmm. I thought that we were going to turn around after 9-11 and it didn't happen then. But it was the same dynamic, uh, not with the with kids in that case, but 
I was in New York when 9-11 happened. And in the week following 9-11, New Yorkers banded together in a way that I had never seen them do in growing up in New York in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, which was that they said, look, we have to understand what our unwitting, our unintended role was in helping this absolutely heinous crime be committed on our soil. Mm -hmm. And that search, that desire to search for um, unintended contributions to a problem is the beginning of self-responsibility. And these, these kids are saying, we are not going to be cowed into silence. We are not going to be manipulated back into what we psychologists called, call a state of learned helplessness. We are going to continue to raise our voices. This is the beginning of the shift. But will it be pushed back down? Yes, a lot of the powers that be will attempt to clamp back down on this kind of awakening mm -hmm. just the way they did in the late 1960s when they clamped down on the social unrest that was going on then that could have awakened our society too and it never had a chance to mature into that because it was clamped down there are those out there listening tonight david as well as in all high places of government who are now pointing the finger of um why or what Part of the reason for what happened last week was the video film connection, the violence in videos, the violence in films, the violence on television. Does this play into the mix? Yes. So I have a two-part answer to your question. Okay. Absolutely. In my professional judgment, the, um, the legitimization of violence that has inadvertently occurred because of how it's treated on television and in films and uh, in other in other influential places in society. Absolutely, I think that it, it has a, a significant role in our problem. That's part one. Part two, Rob, is the harder part, which is the, the phrasing that you used is perfect, pointing the finger. And when we're when we are in a deteriorated state as a society, we are in finger pointing mode where we're saying them, whatever the them is mm -hmm. for that issue, they're the ones that are the problem. And if only they cleaned up their acts, if only they changed, we would be okay. And that kind of mindset is actually a revoltingly non-self-responsible mindset because it refuses to do the other half mm -hmm. of the equation, which is, What's my unintended part in this? Isn't that what we see in, um, oh my gosh, in domestic abuse that is called deflection? Precisely. Exactly. What we have is a dynamic. It's a shadow dynamic. It's a mm -hmm. dynamic that has to do with the things that we deny in ourselves uh, and about our impact in the world. And the, and the collective shadow, the co-created shadow, is we have people that and groups that are in the roles of being magnets. They're lightning rods. They're, they're individuals and groups where others point the finger at that individual and group and make them the bad guy and make them into the, the person or group that if only they changed, everyone would be okay. So you've got the magnets, the lightning rods, and then you've got the projectors the ones that are hurling the arrows and they're the ones that are telling everyone else arrogantly that everyone else is the problem but not them and then you have the colluders who sit back and gossip around the water cooler and complain about what's going on but they never do anything about it or they uh, try to jump in and be heroes when they can't be heroes they try to come in and and rescue when they're not designed to be rescuers uh, or they just simply pull back and hope that the uh, that the storm is going to pass, uh, or they they disengage entirely. So you've got these these lightning rods or magnets. You've got these mm -hmm. arrow throwers, the projectors, and you've got these colluders. And every one of those three groups, Rob, self-identify as victims. Their narrative about themselves is they're being victimized by others. Nobody's being self-responsible, and that's not an atmosphere where solutions can be created. The good old Monday morning quarterback syndrome. Absolutely. So 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, does does violence in the media play into this? Mm-hmm. I think that that one would have to be a total ignoramus to say no. That's, that's right. not that doesn't play into it. And we, it's a multivariate problem. It's got multiple feeders and lots of groups that bear a role in the in the this this shadow synergy that creates a dysfunctional society. And until we look at the the, the shadow synergy itself, mm-hmm. we will not generate sustainable solutions. I have never seen the media, and I'm talking about so-called mainstream media, be so split before. They've gone away, they've broken away from reporting the news oh. to picking factions. It's either they're the right or the left. Whatever happened exactly. to honest and Here's a word that you're very familiar with, David, the integrity within the media concept. What happened was Fred Friendly. (laughs) Mm. This was the director of, uh, I believe it was CBS News, uh, but I may be wrong about the network in the United States in the first half of the 1960s. What he did was that for the first time in the history of network news, he started to blur the lines that had up until then been very, very separate between the advertising department and the news department. And when he started to blur those lines, the other network news directors followed in his footsteps. And that was the origin of how authentic journalism came to an end. And of course, now the motto is, if it don't bleed, it don't lead. And the the more the story leads, the more advertising dollar they can get because they're getting more viewers. It's sad, Bingo. David. It's very sad. David Gruder and I will be... intolerable. It is. Dr. David Gruder and I return on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You're not going to knock us down. We'll get back up again. You may have heard us, but I promise we'll be stronger and we're not going to let you in. We're putting up Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the X-Zone radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 
to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. And welcome back, everyone. Dr. David Gruder has been my guest to this hour. His website is hijackingofhappiness.com. And uh, once again, David, thank you ever so much for coming on the show, my friend. It's always a great pleasure talking to you. Um, over the past week, we've seen, as I said, so much hurt, so much pain, and yet a spark that I've never seen before. It's It's lighting up the darkest hour in the lives of these young people, their parents, their school, their fellow students. And we're seeing this, this flame start to glow right across the United States and into other parts of the world. How do we help these people with their grief, with their sorrow? And not only the victims, the students, the parents, but the first responders who walked into a bloody mess after the massacre. What do we do as a society to help? As a society, what we do to help is we say to these folks, this has to be the turning point. Mm -hmm. That that we, we are not going to ignore your pain. We're not going to ignore that something absolutely unacceptable has occurred. And we're not going to engage in the kind of cross finger pointing that just creates more escalated hatred where everyone's saying the other group is the, is at fault. But instead, we are going to insist that we finally come together and pool our collective wisdom to co-create sustainable solutions. That's what we do as a society. Donald Trump was elected. You've got the Russia investigation going one way. You've got Robert Mueller doing what he was brought on to do. You've got the members of Congress, the members of Senate of the Senate. You've got the different states. You've got different laws between the states and uh, between the federal jurisdiction. Are there too many laws that the populace may have a hard time following each and every law instead of just unification right across the board? Would that be easier? Right. Uh, Great question, Rob, because it doubles back to how you can't legislate morality. Mm -hmm. You can't legislate integrity. Um, And if we continue to insist on trying to control symptoms rather than dealing with root causes, we're never going to get anywhere. It's like the war on drugs. The war on drugs can never be won because you're trying to, uh, com- you're 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 waging war on the symptoms yeah. of a problem. And so you're exactly right. The with the alternative that really points us in the right direction is a unifying vision for how we can be together and a roadmap for getting to that unity. And I can tell you, Rob, from all of the the speaking engagements that I've done and and training programs that I've given Mm -hmm. with leaders and with citizens, um, the the message that I've got, the the vision that I've got for how to proceed is received with great enthusiasm across the political and ideological spectrums, except for the radical extremists at both ends, who I'm not trying to reach. But everyone else, they're going... Yes, I'm thirsty for this. I want a unifying vision. I want a way to be able to collaborate rather than to coerce and compete and and destroy the opponent. So the the solution is waiting for us. We just have mm-hmm. to have the exposure that that makes the solution visible. Was is it possible? And this is only a question. Is it possible that the deunification that we see so strong and so prevalent these days, no matter where you look, started or has something to do with one country under God no longer being such? Well, I certainly think that at the core of all problems, mm-hmm. all problems, 
is the delusion that we're separated from God, the delusion that we're separated from source and that we yeah. therefore have to do things on our own, which means that we have to rely on our own egos to yeah. solve problems. And egos don't solve problems. They make w problems worse. So I would consider that issue, that belief in being separated from source as the root cause of all problems. Unfortunately, that framework is one that in many circles ends up being what I call true but not useful. It may be true, but what do people do with it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, going beyond that core spiritual problem, I think what we, what we have to get past is our arrogance. The arrogance that says, I have enough knowledge to see the whole picture of what's causing our problems, rather than the humility that says, I have a really clear picture about a slice of what's causing this problem because that's the lens I look through and that's the expertise I have and that's the part of the problem that I'm looking at or I'm focused on. What's your lens? What's, what's the wisdom and the expertise that you bring? What are you seeing in this problem that I'm not seeing? Mm -hmm. And it's when we come together with that combination of expertise and humility to co-create a, a, a comprehensive vision of what is needed and how to move forward. That's how we create sustainable solutions. We never create them through polarization. Do you think that the educational field needs to be enriched and the youth of today need to better understand what the message is and what the problem is instead of sugarcoating as, as it has been done in the past? Oh, absolutely. Sugarcoating and making things politically correct, mm -hmm. sanitizing stuff is, it creates uh, the continuation of the problem. I would say on a very simple level, what we need to reestablish in the schools is traditional debate. Now, what traditional debate does is that you have a, a, an issue or a premise, mm -hmm. and one debate team is going to take a position in favor of that, and the other debate team is going to take a, a position in opposition to that. I remember and, those. And halfway more. through the debate, they mm -hmm. switch roles. I remember those in high school. And the inability to switch roles is what prevents us from understanding and appreciating the wisdom in the opposing perspective. And until we restore that capacity, we will not generate the solutions we need. And that capacity is restorable. I teach people how to do it all the time. You know, David, watching the strength of the, of the young people in Florida over the last couple of days, they have... They have rekindled my faith in the youth of today that thanks to them, we are going to have one hell of a great tomorrow. That's the blessing in tragedy. Yeah. When tragedy never gets responded to, it becomes meaningless suffering. And when tragedy becomes a turning point that wakes people up into mobilization, empowerment, and collaboration, mm -hmm. magic happens. I'm going to give you a hypothetical question here, and we've got about three minutes left, David. If okay. you, Dr. David Gruder, tomorrow morning woke up as the President of the United States, taking a look all around, what would be your plan of action? My plan of action would be to educate Congress mm -hmm. and the public in the dynamics of destruction and to educate Congress and the public about the faulty happiness formula that got embedded in the United States and then around the world in the 1950s, and then to educate Congress and the public about how to wake up out of that faulty happiness formula and out of that uh, cultural destruction script so that there is a unifying vision around which we can mobilize and create the solutions we need. That's what I would do in the morning. So let's see if I could sum this up in three words. Education, communication, and unification. Education, communication, and collaboration. Collaboration. That's right. David, what are you up to next? Where are you going to be? What are you doing? Any more books coming out of the pipe? 
oh, I'm aching to finish up uh, with uh, my next books, but I'm hesitating to speak about them because <laughs> they're not done yet. I have a lot of training programs that I that are coming up uh, around uh, the country, uh, U.S. and and in Canada. I just came back from Mexico wow. giving a training program there. I, I'm just all about waking up our world uh, to the the root cause of the problems we've got and to a roadmap for a sustainable solution. You know, David, I've had the pleasure of knowing you for a number of years now. And I must say that I admire the work that you do. I admire the way you do your work. And I know for a fact that you, sir, have made a positive difference in many, many, many lives. And I thank you for that. Ooh. Thank you, Rob. That means a lot to me because I know what a positive difference you're making with your Exxon network and your Exxon nation. David, let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and where they can buy your books. Sure. Uh, the, the website that I have that's currently available and active is, is called hijackingofhappiness.com. Uh, and, uh, the, the, best way to be in touch with me at the moment until the rest of my websites are up and running is just send me a private message through Facebook. Dr. David Gruder, thank you very much uh, for being on the show. And once again, thank you for all you do, my friend. Thank you, Rob. Pleasure to be with you as always. Exonation Dr. David Gruder has been our guest this hour. His website that you can uh, use for now is hijackingofhappiness.com, and you can always find uh, The Good Doctor on Facebook. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exome from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exome Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, and iHeartRadio. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. 
You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.